Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. So we are diving into uh, the Christmas story, Luke 1. All these wonderful things here. And um, yeah, and I don't know about you, but every time I go through the word of God, it's like the Lord put something there that I didn't see like it wasn't there before. Or it just speaks to you like in season and it's just so deep and you're like, how did I read over that and never see that before? But uh, I'm sure th- this is actually what I get the most excited about it. You know, get, how can that be? I get into the, into the word and I'm preparing in the morning, but I'm really excited about too what the Holy Spirit is going to um, speak to you to us as men, and what um, is also going to be confirmed. So I had um, printed my notes to just in, I don't know where they went. There they are. How can this be? I'm titled this message, How Can This Be? And uh, I don't know if you saw my post, and you can tell me if this speaks to you, and if it doesn't, well, the Lord will. So if you ever asked yourself that, that question, like, how can this be? Uh, maybe you found yourself in a, situ- a situation that was great, and it's like, oh, how can this be? Or in a situation that's not so great, oh, how could this be? Right? Either way, you could be saying the same thing in a different way and have a different meaning for you, correct? Yeah, same thing but in a different way and have a, yet a different meaning. Um, but either way, sometimes in the seasons, we're looking for reasons. Sometimes you don't even know why it's working, but it's just working and you're just excited. Um, but other times you're like, Lord, I just don't understand. And you're looking for the reason in this season. And maybe what's more important than the reason, again, is the revelation. The revelation that Jesus is Lord. The revelation that, that he came, he died, he rose again, and he's coming back. Gentlemen, he's coming back, right? And so we're entering this Christmas season, and uh, although you may, um, you, you may not be saying all is calm right now, <laughs> but I believe all can be bright. All can be bright. Again, it's, it's what you perceive, in this season. It's, if you're open to see God, you're going to see him in unexpected places. You're going to hear from him. You're going to get to be a part of that gift that keeps on giving. You can be the hands and the feet. You can receive, yes, you can receive your, your healing at the same time. And like Rex said last week, when we open up our hand, heaven opens up his, right? And that's, that's just the way that our, our God Work so, um, but instead of uh, getting distracted again by all the things that the world is saying right now, let's go in and see what God is saying through His Word. So we're going to read uh, Luke one. Now we're going to go as far as let's say twenty five, I believe, and then we're going to jump into Matthew, and you're going to see why. Luke 1, starting in verse 1, and this time, because last week we only had like six verses, so this time we're going to read a lot more. So you can read at least two verses each, maybe three, and all the men said, amen. Right on. Luke 1, starting um, verse 1, and we'll start in-house until our men are back online. Uh, Do you have it there, Vince? Luke 1. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. 
just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theopolis, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of uh, Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had... But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Now while he was serving as priest before God and when his division was on duty. He was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Eleven. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel of the Lord said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call him John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. (laughs) For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord, Zechariah asked the angel, "How can this I be? Uh, how can I be sure of this? And I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years." I lost my spot. And the angel answered and said to him, "I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God." And was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the, until the day these things take place. Because you did not believe my words and which will be fulfilled in their own time. <laughs> meanwhile, the people were, meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. 
When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant for five months, remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said, and these days has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Okay, we're going to keep reading. Verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in the, thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call him his name Jesus. He, he will be great, and he will... He will, uh, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Good job. Okay, now we're going to go into Matthew 1. Matthew 1, 18, 18 to 20, there should be a few verses here, yeah, for the rest of it to 25, Matthew 1, verse uh, 18, actually it's 24, 18 to 24, I'll start. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. 
Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home and has his wife. Perfect. All right, gentlemen. Very quickly. That was a lot of reading. What stood out to you? Rick. Okay, the verse I had, actually. Uh, but behold, uh, is verse 20, Luke one twenty. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. Because you did not believe. Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. So he didn't believe and he was going to keep, God had to shut him up <laughs> so that he would not speak against what God wanted to do. Okay, gentlemen, we need to be mindful of our words and be making we're sure that we are not saying things that we don't want to come to pass. Well, that's a perfect setup for the message. <laughs> what else you got? Um, even when we are faithless, he is faithful. Uh, and our, our, uh, our ways are not his ways. He will complete his purpose. Yeah. Do we have one more? We'll get right into it. Do we have our men online? Are they following, Aiden? Wow. Thank you, Lord, that you will make a way when there seems like there is no way for our men to get this message. Okay. So let's just dive right in then. Um, and you can say slow down if you want. I got about 15 minutes. So I want to start with uh, verse 17 and 18. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared. Come on. Oh, there's a whole other message. Prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. So the first point I want to talk about um, is a question with an answer. And in your blanks, it's going to say, how can this be? And then you're going to put, I am. Okay? How can this be? I am. I love this question and statement. If we look carefully, the question comes with the answer. Although Zechariah couldn't figure out how this would work in the natural because of his age, God was about to impart his supernatural. 
In Exodus 3, God speaks to Moses through a burning bush to go speak to Pharaoh and tell the, uh, him to let God's people go. And Moses responds in verse 11 of Exodus 3, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? Before you can know what you must do, you must first know who you are and who you are becoming. You are a child of God, and his promises are true. You are who he says you are. You are becoming more and more like Christ every day. In Exodus 3, uh, 13, Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, What is his name? Then you shall, what shall I tell them? Verse 14 in Exodus 3, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. The two most powerful words in the world, men, are I am. We speak God's name over our own lives, but many times in a negative context. We take his name in vain and don't even know it. For example, we say, I am tired, I am exhausted, I am broke. God is none of these things, and neither are you. Yet we speak death over our life by making statements about how we feel. Those are feelings, they are not facts. The facts will always outweigh the feelings. Well, what are the facts? You were created in the very image of God. Genesis 1.27. Galatians 3.29. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of of Abraham, Israel, right? You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So own the facts, don't own the feelings, Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we can ask, imagine, or dream of according to the power that is within us. Mark 9.23, when you ask yourself, how can this be? Remember this. Jesus said this, what do you mean, if I can? Anything is possible if a person beliefs. So back to Luke, (laughs) Luke 1, back to Luke 1, the angel Gabriel responds in verses 19 and 20, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until this happens. Why? Because you did not believe my words, which will come true, check this out, at the appointed time. Wow! How many times have we been discouraged and distracted because, well, I believe that God can heal or do breakthrough, but maybe not for me, but maybe it's just, maybe, maybe it's just not now. Maybe it's happening in this time, but not your time. That's hard. 
Is it not? That's hard. Is it not, Sheldon? It's hard when you're in the moment. I believe that God can heal, but why not now? Why not me? Why not now? Why not this way? Do you really believe? And at the appointed time. I love that that's in the same scripture, at the appointed time. It's gonna happen, but it's gonna happen at the appointed time. Wow. Gabriel responds with authority in his speech with, I am, I stand, and I have. We just read it. I am, I stand, and I have. So you guys need to fill in those blanks. If you could fill them in like right away, awesome. But if you need to take the time and you need to meditate on God's word and fill that in throughout the week, do it. Let me give you some. I am a child of God, Galatians 3.26. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalm 139.14. I am the head and not the tail, Deuteronomy 28.13. I am more than a conqueror, Romans 8.37. That's just a taste of who you are in Christ and who Christ says you are. But who do you say you are? And most importantly, who do you say he is? Okay, let's go to uh, I stand. I stand. Well, the first one that came to me was 1 Corinthians 6, 13, okay? I stand firm in the faith. I am a conqueror and I am strong. It's not just what you do, but it's who you are. I stand, right? Then let's go to I have. So remember, okay, I'm going a little fast on these, but you need to think, if you don't stand for something, you're gonna fall for anything. So what do you stand for? You got, if we're, let's be like Gabriel, man. Gabriel got sent all over the place. But let's learn from Gabriel and how he spoke. Right? I am, I stand, and I have. Three things that Gabriel said. Because you know what? The enemy's gonna come in your head. Sometimes the enemy's gonna come in your loved one's head and they're gonna say things and they're gonna question things and you need to, you need to just stand on God's word. That's what you need to stand on. Because that's the rock. Anything else is sinking sand. So what do you stand on? Oh, I stand on my own thoughts, my own ideas, my own theology. No, 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 no. Stand on the word of God. What does his word say, right? And then what do you have? What do you have? I think if you even just listed off all the things that you have that God has given you, you could go on and on. But if you did these three things, next time that you question your belief, if you question what God is doing in your life, and you speak out uh, who you are, uh, what you stand on, and what, who, and what you have, I think that's going to change everything. 1 John 4, 4 says, I have overcome, and God is on my side. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on. What do you have? I have overcome. I think that's just cool. Not just that you think, we think material things, we think what we own, but I have, uh, I have overcome, past tense. Right? I have overcome. I have overcome. Who are you? You know, I, I got this, I'm part of a, a movement, a brand called I Did, and I love it because anytime I wear the, the shirt I did, I know somebody's gonna ask me, what did you do? And I got one that, that, that says I did that I wear to the gym, you know. <laughs> and it opens all kinds of doors for me, by the way. But I can give them the simple, what did you do? I showed up at the gym. I'm working out. <laughs> That's what I did. You know, that all these people have these, you know, uh, you know, what is it, body armor says that, that I will. Nike says, uh, just do it. They're all great intentions, but we know it's our direction, not our intention that determines our destination. You know, you want to say at the very end that, you know, you ran the good race. You want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. But every day we have opportunities for some of these moments, you know. And so um, 
And then we go, although it sounds similar, Mary asks uh, a similar question. But notice how she asks. She says, how will this be? Mary asked the angel. So Zachariah said, uh, how can this be? How will this be? Okay, there's a big difference. It sounds like the same, but it's not the same. Right? She says, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Responds with, Okay, so Zachariah responds with how this can be. Mary responds with how will this be. Point number two, how will this be? You fill in the blank, God, okay? <laughs> how will this be, God? How will this be, God? It's, again, it's a question and it's a statement. First of all, who are you asking how will this be? And then the answer is also in the question. When we seek God's will, we... Who is more important? Uh, who is always more important than uh, want, and and God's will is more important than our way. Okay, so the who is always more important than our want, and God is always uh, His will is more important than our way. If not, it's not what you ask, but again, it's how you ask it. It's not what you ask, but how you ask it. It's like, it's like what we heard the other day. It was Rex that said, you know, if you ask silly questions, well, he said stupid questions, you're going to get stupid answers, right? And how many times do we do that? Like, you might say things like, why do bad things always happen to me? Bad things don't always happen to you, okay? Instead, ask, how is this happening for me? Because if I know God's word, Romans 8, 28 says that all things work together for good for those that love the Lord. You see what I'm saying? You can be asking the same thing, but in the wrong way. You can be even asking the right thing in the wrong way. If you, if you respond with faith and obedience, you will receive a better outcome. Verse 35, the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy One will be called the Son of God. God's will is in his name, Jesus over everything. The name above all names, the name above your wants, your dreams, your desires, and even your circumstance, his will. Verses 37 to 38, it says, for no word from God will ever fail. That's a good tattoo. Someone should get that. No? Okay. Unless your conviction is not to get tattoos. Okay, verse 38. I, this is Mary, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel Gabriel left her. I am. There's another one. Are you the Lord's servant? Are you the Lord's servant? If you woke up every day and asked, what, what, what does life demand of you? What does God demand of you every morning? You know, you'd tell God all the th things that you want him to do in your day, or do you come before him like Gideon and you say, Lord, what are my orders? I'm your servant. Because I would, I'd rather serve the God that has the plan and knows the desires of my heart and has even greater things in store for me than just trying to make him fit within my plans. Does that make sense? And I think it really comes to, I like Mary's approach. She's like, okay, what's going on here? When an angel shows up, not just any angel, it's Gabriel, says all these things, and she's not like, how can this be? 
Like she doesn't have the unbelief, but she, she wants to know how will, how will this be? So she's already in her statement, in her question, she's already, she has belief. She's just wondering how will this be, right? She's not saying it won't be, but she's saying how will it, how will it be, Lord? And I think that's how we gotta approach things and we get a, a prophetic word and God spoke, speaks over us and, and speaks to our future and our business and our family. And then it's like, well, how can this be? Well, then sometimes the Lord might just need to shut you up so that you don't, you know, turn something that's good into bad, right? Sometimes the Lord has a way of getting our attention and just shutting us up for a moment just so we can be still and know that he is God. <laughs> Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. There's a lot more there in which we read. Like, it said that he was, um, he was righteous. He was righteous. If you notice that even Zechariah and his wife were obedient, they obeyed the Lord, they were righteous. And when Joseph faced resistance towards his marriage, he responds in righteousness, Righteousness, you know, he, you know that he didn't want anything bad to happen to Mary because, you know, having a child out of marriage, especially in Judaism in the culture, was punishable by death. They could stone you to death, right? And um, so biblically, um, if you know righteousness means acting in accordance with divine, divine or moral law. And, and we receive and respond according to our divine directive, okay? And so what, what if we as men respond according to righteousness instead of trying to convince ourselves that we're right? Let that sink in a little bit. What if we responded to righteousness instead of getting caught, especially in relationship, where like, I am right. You might have heard me say this before, it's better to be one than it is to be right. There's a lot of times when I've convinced myself that I'm right. And, in a, and even to a man, sometimes he thinks that his ways are right and they lead to destruction. There's a way that seems right to man that only leads to destruction. There's times where I'm like, oh Lord, we need to be open and willing and obedient to his way, not always our way. Right, so like you tie it back to, I'll tell you this, especially when the feelings start to come in and take over, like the spirit of offense is one of those, like I just wanna like crush. As soon as you feel that spirit of offense, that should be an indication you're not right. You're not righteous if you're feeling a spirit of offense. You're not, right? So you gotta take that thought captive, you gotta give it to God and be like, Lord, why am I so worked up? Anger, I'm not talking righteous anger. Sometimes we justify, oh, I just, I'm righteously angry, are you? or if your emotions got the best of you right now and you're giving the devil a foothold like it says in Ephesians 4 and a place and space in your heart according to the Greek term of foothold, right? Do not let, remember, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry so the day of your hurt needs to be the day of your healing, right? So there's so many times where I'm like, man, I think I'm right and I'm just like, whoa, what? Okay, you can tell when the emotions get, why am I so worked up right now? Probably because I'm not right. I'm not right. I think I'm right, but I'm not right in my own mind. So maybe I need to turn to righteousness. And what would God's word say? Repent, forgive, come on. I don't know what your word is, but what would his word be? That's more important. So he is the way, and if we follow the way, at the end of the day, we can say this, I did, because of what he did. And that's your last point. At the end of the day, I will say, I did. For no word from God will ever fail. 
I am the Lord's servant. May the Lord's word to us be fulfilled. And I'll just get you men to, to stand with me. Well, you want the takeaway so you can fill it in? The takeaway is, I am who God says I am. This will be because God says it will be. I will say I did because of what God has done. I'll say that again. I am who God says I am. This will be because God says it will be. Not because I say it will be. And I will say I did because what God has done. And the verse that I really want us to meditate on this week is that in Luke 1, 37 to 38. You guys can stand now. For no word from God. No word from God will ever fail. Can we just say, I am? Say, I am the Lord's servant. May your word, say, may your word to me be fulfilled. Lord Jesus, thank you for the word that you have spoken to us as men today. Thank you for the word that you gave Mary, um, the promises that you gave Abraham, and that we are the seeds and the heirs to those promises. Lord Jesus, help us to walk according to your will. Lord Jesus, give us as men the boldness to walk according to your way. Lord, we, I know every man in here, their heart breaks for you. We want to reflect you and how we treat our wives, our children, our great-great-grandchildren. Lord Jesus, we know that what you did had an impact for generations to come. And you have called us to follow in those footsteps. I pray for healing in hearts today, Lord. I pray for um, that you would take the thoughts captive. You would help us to take the thoughts captive that you would guide and direct our tongues, Lord, that the words that we say would bring life and not death. Lord, that we would realize every time we say the words, I am, we're actually speaking your name. We wouldn't speak your name in vain. Lord, we would own those words, I am, and who you truly are and who we truly are in you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for all these things and we praise your name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.